Welcome back Fucking to Warby another Parker. episode of the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. Hi, this is Jake Hookie, your host here, live from the rooftop of, oh, the roof garden, I should say. Excuse me. It's the roof garden. It's defined right behind me. <laughs> a fountainhead, as we continue what we're now calling our fountainhead <laughs> series of conversations. <laughs> <laughs> bestowed upon them by me um but as always wilson torres is here with me hey young world we are a whiskey podcast that started here in the lovely city of chicago and is um somewhat transformed into an industry podcast or at least a podcast where we try to speak about what's happening across whiskey and in the industry through all times earlier during the pandemic we started talking with distillers making some hand sanitizer and now uh Bob Zacharias is here to co-host a few episodes in a row with us. Yeah, guys. Uh, you guys thought you'd get rid of me after number five, but no. luckily, no, luckily no, Colm is still is like relaxing on a beach in the Dominican Republic somewhere, <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to sit in while he's uh, enjoying himself. Yeah, and we want to get the kind of insider uh, standpoint when it comes to running a bar and restaurant and what it's like going through all this right now. Um, so as we have Bob here and Wilson's uh, depth, depths, depths of knowledge sitting right across from me Shoot. and my stupidity. Let's just call it that. <laughs> we'll continue to have some guests and talk about whiskey and also yeah. what's going in the industry. And we already have another guest here today. Last we week do. was a beautiful guest with Samu Ran, the man of diction, the man of Stiegel, the man of many things. Yes. man of many things. He Harps. may appear at some point Harps. today. Oh, too. really? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, but with us I always like seeing him, man. <laughs> with us this week is uh, Chris Wentner making his yes, fifth appearance? Something like that. Okay. I think okay. so, yeah. The it's urban uh, bourbonist. The urban Again. bourbonist, yeah. absolutely. Thank you guys for having me back. Always love chatting with you he's always got, appreciate he's got a good that. hat on he's got a good watch well, on he's got a great well, miami vice theme yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to feel you know the summer vibes and everything today you know <laughs> are you growing a mullet bro oh my god look at that yeah. Yeah. Looks, i haven't had a good. haircut since before this all started you are you know? going so to are you just february ish i yeah. was my last haircut Same so. okay <laughs> are you gonna see yeah. where it takes you or are you just yeah i'm just going with the flow cool. as as you can yeah. see, see the right flow is actually it's, it's yeah. pretty it's much a, a flow yeah. jacob as well i've tried dropping off a bottle of whiskey to my um barber you know just to say like i haven't forgot about you i'm still yeah. gonna come back to you but yeah. they are so up on their protocols of covid that they won't let anybody else in so yeah Maybe the third time will be a charm potentially when it's yeah. a quieter day. I hear you. Yeah, that's good. But I mean, you you guys wear it well. You wear it well. <laughs> I do you it wear for you. it well. I, I do appreciate it, for, it. I do it for the ladies. You're Italian. Age fifty one to sixty two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a good age group. Right underneath it's my mom's age group, but not there yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got so no you. Oedipus complex. I get you. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of like my genre. If Your you genre. Will. You know, generation more. <laughs> that's crazy. But uh, today, I think what we have really cool that we have going for us conversation-wise is that we have two perspectives mm. um, when it comes to the whiskey industry um, from an on-prem, off-prem, uh, when Bob, um, Bobby Z here with Fountainhead Rooftop Garden plus the Fountainhead Market. And then we have Chris's perspective as a social media influencer in a sense where have picking up and answering uh re asking questions in regards to where are where are brands in communication with in individuals such as yourself or just in the market in general using social media which we touched um, on back in april yeah which we yeah, touched okay. back so i mean now we've what couple, two couple, couple, couple months, months later <laughs> no you know what i'm saying but in the meantime chris you brought two bottles yes, with us yes yes why don't you talk us through say. these bottles so i thought uh, i'd bring some delicious mgp for us uh, to taste today, two different sort of perspectives and, and ages. Two, I think, of the probably the hottest brands out yeah. there that I would say right now in, in terms of 
brands that are mm -hmm. building themselves through MGP. There's a ton that are doing it, but uh, these two in particular seem to be just like right. killing it right now, have a ton of awareness mm -hmm. in the market, definitely a ton of awareness social media wise. Um, and a lot of their products, especially in the case of Smoke Wagon. So we have Smoke Wagon and Pinhook. And I think in the case of Smoke Wagon, you're seeing a lot of their products become allocated products, mm. um, which was not the case even probably a month ago. Right. Gotcha. And now it's really difficult to find a lot of uh, the stuff they're putting out, just their standard releases. Now, mm -hmm. I brought a, a private barrel pick by uh, uh, Moreno's Liquors um, down in Little Village, which I know Mike is a, a friend of the show, so yeah. I thought I'd bring that. Yeah, man. And Shout then, out to Mikey um, at Moreno's. And then uh, Pinhook's four-year uh, vertical series, and mm -hmm. it's their rye. Mm. Um, they're doing a, a thing where they're releasing, they're starting with a four-year rye. They're also doing this with a bourbon, and they're going uh, each year up to 12 years, they're releasing um, batches every year. Mm -hmm. So you can collect them you know, from age 4 to 12, and you can see how the, these batches of barrels that they've purchase from MGP sort of progress mm -hmm. over the years. So it's an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. um, and they released that 12, is it 12 year old for charity they're trying to raise like $100,000 for? They right? did do that. They yeah. did do that, yeah. So yeah, they're doing really cool stuff like that. They had, I think, of the first, something like the first 20 barrels they ever bought. Right. They held back uh, a few of those and recently did a, that they bought a charity for a barrel. ridiculous price. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For 450 bucks yeah. or something Less like that. Less than $400. They yeah. bought these bottles at MGP. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And they're now I think barrels. every bottle out of there, again, it's for charity. I think every bottle out of there was going for a minimum of two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. They're trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars from over maybe like around hundred and forty bottles or yeah. so. So yeah. wow. Pricey stuff right there. It's pricey, cool. but considering it, you know, to as, right. as Chris mentioned, the hype that's behind it, the fact that blending is not easy. No. No. And Sean Joseph. The sounds of the city are also yeah. behind yeah. us. <laughs> we, are, we are in a roof garden. We're not lying. They're, asked, they're in line for their poor. So <laughs> you know, it's like right, one of those right. things. Like, what the bars not open yet? No. <laughs> Sorry. Recording a podcast, recording, damn it. Dude. You know? Sorry to interrupt your No, it's cool. No, I thought. just think it's, you know, with Sean Joseph and what he's doing with the Pinhook series along with his partnerships and then, you know, along with his private contract with Castle and Key, I think this really plays, I think this shows the potential of what he's going to be able to do with his own distillate once it's ready to go. But mm. in the meantime, this is a great preface, you know, very respected preface to what he does. Bob? Yeah, no, I was just going to, I was just going to talk about getting into the, the smoke wagon a little bit here. Um, now, uh, I just mentioned Chris's MGP, uh, aged and bottled. Are they aged and bottled? Said at the distillery, are they doing any other secondary um, barrels with it? Are they changing anything, or are they getting it in and, and that's it? Yeah, they are just so they have whatever their contract is with MGP. What they do is every once in a while they say, "Hey, send us two truckloads mm -hmm. to Las Vegas." So their um, smoke wagon is out of Las Vegas, and then they'll bring the barrels to Las Vegas for six months ish. Okay. okay. And so they'll sit there in in Vegas, and um, that's why I like this particular pick. You don't see so this is eight year MGP. It's one hundred and twenty three point six proof almost never see that high of a proof out of an MGP product because, you know, MGP is aging all of their stuff in warehouses that are like concrete Correct. and, and they, they're very humid. So they lose, instead of losing, um, water and, and, uh, 
they they tend to lose actually they tend to lose uh, more alcohol than water at MGP. But what happens? So you'll see like MGP stuff usually 112 proofish, you know, as it ages, right? Um, because they're losing more alcohol than than uh, like you would find in Kentucky, where proofs usually go up. You know, the stuff at MGP, the proofs usually drop a little bit from from where they enter the barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, this stuff, though, went to Las Vegas and sat there for six months, mm-hmm. and the proof I'm sure the jumped, proof up, jumped yeah, up right. over that six month period of time. Uh, sitting in the hot desert there. Uh, I don't know what, what he got these at, you mm. know, when they arrived in Las Vegas, but I'm assuming he saw a pretty significant jump in the proof yeah, over those six right. months. Yeah. They don't release anything less than five years, correct? Um, they do not. So they have, they have like some blends, like they do the, um, they have a straight bourbon and they have a small batch bourbon. Yeah, small batch. Yeah. It's like $35. $35, $38. Yeah. yeah, I think the straight bourbon is like 30 bucks. The small batch is just maybe 40 bucks yeah. maybe a little bit beyond that but yeah those are all like four he's blending four five six year barrels together in in those um in those batches and uh, obviously the straight bourbon's a little bit younger that's yeah. why it's cheaper yeah. and he doesn't have like the fancy bottle on the straight bourbon yeah. like like this right um yeah i mean just really two really interesting companies kind mm-hmm. of building uh, uh, their brands with mgp in Pinhook's a little bit further along the way, mm-hmm. so they've actually, you know, been around for 10-ish years or so mm-hmm. and and are moving into their own distillate at Castle & Key, but yeah. still have, you know, the MGP releases. Right. So it's interesting to see a brand that's done it in Pinhook and kind of them evolving uh, their brand and and moving to distilling their own product with in partnership with Castle & Key. Yeah. And Smoke Wagon, where they're just all in on MGP right yeah, now, yeah, and yeah. I don't know what their plans are for the future, but um, two mean, really cool brands. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, and I, the guy, uh, Aaron, I believe is his name, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I, I love how he specific he is. Mm. Um, he's very transparent in everything he does. I mean, you can watch him um, on his Instagram feeds and whatnot. From Smokewagon. I'm sorry? From Smokewagon. From Smokewagon, yeah, sorry. And um, I really dig the fact that He's specific as to I got these barrels from warehouse such and such, yeah. mm-hmm. floor such and such. Let's see where it's at. And even if it's a bad, you know, vat or it's a bad barrel, he'll say he didn't like it. That's going into a, a, a blend. You know, it's I, I just really appreciate that deep of transparency that, that he has. I'd like to thank Harrison Pius for uh, sponsoring this <laughs> podcast <laughs> today. Yeah, Harrison will be uh, happy uh, with this one. Market right? manager yeah, right. of MGP. Uh, yeah, Shout yeah, out to Harry, we man. Have, uh, we have a uh, single barrel of MGP coming in oh, uh, next little bit. Yeah, there there you go. Go. Yeah. Very nice. Yep. What'd you yeah. choose? Bourbon. Okay, uh, bourbon. Yeah, bourbon. And uh, I actually had a sample of this of a wild single barrel rye um, from MGP, too, that I really, really wanted to jump on. But I this happened, this was like maybe like March 10th. Okay. And so going into Good that, time. it was just, yeah. Yeah. I had already, we already gotten a MGP single barrel. We have another single barrel coming in from Russell's Reserve. And hmm. given yeah. the, the state of how things were going, it was, we yeah. didn't, you know, yeah. didn't want to, uh, you know, have to commit to too much. But, that's um, true. Uh, that's, they have good timing of having talking MGP. So yeah. nice. Yeah. This, this reminds me of a Fannie Mae melted pixie. <laughs> Like Wilson, you always have the good. Dude, I'm telling you, sweets. I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. this is something that you know. I went to go pick up some pixies for my mom's. You know, it's a it's a a turtle, the candy. Oh, okay. The pecan covered, chocolate covered with caramel. I believe you. Yeah, man. This this reminds me of me forgetting that they were in the car Mm -hmm. on a hot summer day (laughs) and 
I can't give them the mom now, <laughs> so I might as well eat them as is. So, so there's a little caramel in those? Sticky. Yep. It's got a stickiness to it. It's all chewy. Chewy. It's a little chewy. Yeah, yep. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some caramelized sugars in there. It's, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's really, really good. The name definitely and matches what's inside the bottle, or inside the glass as well, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that smoky nose is yeah. on there, that peppery, but it also comes through yeah. the flavor, yep. too. I really dig the And nose we were just talking about right before uh, we went on that we weren't exactly sure if this was the 21% rye or 36% rye, yeah, high rye bourbon mash, but I'm just think? a random guess. I would I would lean towards 21 um, on, the rye? on the rye, on 21% rye on it, but I'm... You know, I thought on the nose it was the high, before. but I, would go, I agree with you after the taste. After yeah. the taste, it's the lowest. Because it has yeah. that traditional kind of citrusy nose that you get from yeah. uh, MGP with their rye barrels, but... I guess I'm going to have to no- have another pour. <laughs> <laughs> I think Wilson shorted me a little bit on that first pour. Why is Wilson Man. pouring your bottle? Yeah. Sorry, brother. By the way, help yourselves. There's... We can drink this whole thing if we want oh, to. Hey, I mean, see, see, that's how we're we might be able to stand after Maybe Mike will put another one aside for you. As a businessman that he is, I doubt it. <laughs> I was able to get two, so. Oh, well, there you go. Look at that. I love it. Was this it. something you were looking forward to um, in advance? <laughs> I actually did not even know Moreno's was, was <laughs> doing a pick, and I just <laughs> saw it on Instagram. He yeah. posted the day before and said, hey, or Same. a couple days before and said, hey, bourbon nerds, I hear you guys like this stuff. Two days mm-hmm. from now, you know, 9 a.m., it's going to be released. Happened to see it, so. Sold out at like 1 to, o'clock yeah. in the afternoon, the first go-around. Yeah. Oh, so shit. Yeah. yeah, this stuff is is highly desirable by the, as as Mike said, the whiskey nerds. I mean, it's. Well, I hope they're all enjoying it the way we yeah. are enjoying it I, today. Oh, this yeah. is the way I to agree. do it, this for sure. Do it. Even on, it's not a hot day, really. Can I, can I. It's been a lovely day. Would you guys mind if you interrupt this real quick no, and make Wilson cry? Yes, right. let's do it. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> I, w- I want you to drink a, a nice day of drinking out of something very special for you. So oh. it's been a long time coming because I moved and I couldn't find it for a bit. But there's oh. something in here that uh, one of our good friends across the city helped us procure. Uh, it's been a while since we kind of got this, but Wilson is opening a white box. Oh, maybe actually, let me let me, let me get this on video real yeah, quick. Yeah, you got to hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get too excited. Yeah, go ahead. Now you can start. Man, Easy. all right, hold on. Let me... <laughs> deep breath, deep breath. I get really, it was something that one of our dear industry friends helped us get um, a couple months ago. I'm sorry for not responding. Okay. I just kind of couldn't find it in my apartment as I was packing mm-hmm. up and moving. Well, you just moved. You probably forgot about this, to be honest with you. Ooh. You know what it is, don't you? Oh, so now he's a black leather. It's not the bl- not, not not that great. It's upside down too. So watch out. So oh, what nice. Wilson is opening oh, up is uh, the traditional black leather cylinder box that Glencairn procures their glasses in, and we had some Key in the Lake glasses made by Marty Duffy that reached out to hey, the Marty. Back. That is cool. Yeah, so that is cool. With our oh, w- w- with our oh, names. Here come the tears. The water works. Drink, drink some great whiskey inside of there too. <laughs> that is awesome. cool. Hold it up for the ladies. Forty-five to fifty-one. <laughs> 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 so yeah, it has a Keena Lake logo on it, and then also uh, Wilson's name that is sweet. too. I haven't even drank it of mine because I great waited to give them too. to you, but well I done, Marty. I didn't, I didn't bring it. Let's drink out of the, the pair. Very nice. Yeah. So Marty uh, reached back to uh, the team oh. back in Scotland, and then they reached out to me, and we had those. Uh, they had made it for us, so very nice. Oh. 
motherfuckers. I think yeah. the, I think <laughs> I think the cylinder's cooler than the glass. It is. The cylinder's, that is gorgeous. That's a nice touch. It yeah. is. That is really. Shout out to Marty. That Thank is you, sweet, Marty. Man. I, I busted it out I with one of the local with one of the local uh, Zoom teams about a month ago, or, or Zoom whiskey groups, and oh. I'm like, oh look what I got today, and they're like, oh yeah, I have one of those. I'm like, oh, could you just be happy for me for one second? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like nothing phases oh, some of those uh, yeah. some of those groups. Like yeah, we, that's old news. I yeah. think we start over, right? We start over with another pour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or you, go, or you go with a pin hook. You Honestly, know you these, do. these are here to be uh, consumed. So, well, shout out to Marty Duffy and shout all the Glen yeah. Karen yeah. team um, for hooking that up. Yeah, we appreciate it. I'm sorry that we haven't publicized those yet. I, like I said I was moving and I couldn't find his, and I found it the other day. I'm like, oh, my business card box. Yes. <laughs> like, oh no, it's Wilson's damn Glen Karen glasses. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we appreciate Very thoughtful it. Immensely appreciate that's a gr- it. That's a, that's a beautiful I was just uh, messaging with Marty this morning about, or last night with the Duke of Perth opening back up. Nice. Oh, yeah. Duke yeah. of Perth. Great. Finally right. back yep. open. Yep. Yep. Fish and chips. Fish and chips. Was it was Wednesday one of yesterday. The, one of the original uh, Scotch bars in Chicago. Yeah. Oh. I mentioned before in pocket is for my brother Aaron. Right. Cut his teeth on Scotch 20-something years ago. Is that know? where it kind of started for him? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, Him and uh, one of his business partners, they kind of, When's Aaron coming on the podcast? That's a good question. Because about uh, we'll to see. about four and a half months ago, one night he was like, "Why is Bob coming on all the time?" I, right, right. I'm like, I'm like, I would love to have you on. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he would uh, would uh, take you up on that offer. But yeah, he uh, went right when he was out of college. He was a wine sales rep and uh, started digging into Scotch at the Duke of Perth and fell in love with it there. And so that's kind of where his sort of journey started. Yep. It's a great little place. And Friday and Wednesday nights, all you can eat fish and chips. Oh, that's Ooh. ridiculous. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They're so good. I you love been? going there yeah, on so cold, ben, cold great place. Oh, yeah. it's That's the best mm-hmm. time. For me, I always save Duke of Perth for those cold, cold nights. Actually, Jake introduced me to Duke of Perth, so I can't say that I've known about it. Jake introduced me to it. but it, And then after the fact, I love going at night when yeah. it's cold yep. in the winter. Dimly lit in there. Yeah. It's dark. It just it, it feels it like a... It feels like you're out in Scotland. A little bit, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I don't, don't know what it's like. Never been there. Uh, <laughs> but I've seen pictures, <laughs> yeah. and I have Scottish-like friends. I can say that Graham was really happy when I took him there one time. Well, there you go. Graham like that? Yeah, we took him there. That's good. We left. We ditched on a Abelauer party and went to there instead. The party was almost over. Yeah. That's awesome. My influence on the Scotch world. That's so sweet. But to get back on track, Chris, the last time you were on the show, you talked about how... Um, whiskey brands um, can totally build their brand online via, you know, social media. And you uh, coming up as quick as you have and as strongly as you have and entrenched yourself into this community, um, have they let up at all? I mean, they they were out there. They were communicating with you all and, and everybody. Where are they at now? Have they? Yeah, I feel like it's... It has dropped off a little bit I, in terms, I think, of what's what a lot of the brands were doing in, in terms of trying to connect with with their their customers and trying to make connections with potential customers yeah. on social media. I, I think I went on a rant about this yeah. the last time I was on, like, yeah, basically, you know, telling these brands like now's the time. Like, what are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is a huge opportunity for you to just make, uh, you know, those personal connections. So, so direct connections, yeah, right. rather yeah. than rather than going through the on or off premise. Exactly. Retails, right. Yeah. And I think I went on this big long rant saying like, 
you can't do that right now. You can't do the on-premise, off-premise thing. Like you have the opportunity to just directly connect with with people, and and so many everyone's attention is on social media right now because mm-hmm. what else is there to do? Yeah, you know. So, and I feel like a lot of brands kind of started off hot and heavy and did a really mm-hmm. good job, and then you know, like like a lot of things, it just it kind of fades. And um, I think a lot of people were throwing things out there and getting connected with people like you. And we talked about, I feel like me too, like where we were having the same people reach out to both of us. Yes, and yes. Like, we don't really do either of this on our shows, yeah. you know. And with that came a lack of a vision. What you're going to do after that posting and not following yeah. through with the plan. And yeah. I've seen my wife do that every day with eight brands. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, well, like we can post that. But what are we going to do to follow through after the fact? Yeah. That's the biggest thing I think brand, some brands forgot about. Yeah, I, I agree with that totally. And and it's just it's one of those things now where you can tell the, the brands that have kind of made those inroads and they, they've built up like that equity with, with people on social media. And two of them are right here on the table. Um, Smoke Wagon and Pinhook, two brands that have done, I think, are, are probably two of the best brands at at um, making those connections right. on, on social media. I probably talked about Pinhook the last time. I think every time we, yeah, every time. I mean, every, I, think like every I guess, episode I guess you could call me a fanboy, but um, they, I, it's just because they've they've made that connection with me that that um, you know basically i'll go out there and be an advocate for them mm-hmm. without even you know i'm not being paid by them to say anything about about mm-hmm. about the brand but but they've made that sort of connection with me that that wants me to kind of spread spread the word about the brand and you cannot you can't it's basically you can't buy that no you know no. you know that that kind of um, brand loyalty from from customers so it's huge to be able to make those connections and yeah i think it's kind of dropped off now as like mm-hmm. as expected d- yeah or? well i mean i do i i kind of mm-hmm. i do expect like yeah i expected it to to sort of happen just because i feel like everyone is just fed up you know with this, <laughs> this think, whole yeah. thing <laughs> it's just yeah, like there's that duality between yeah. are we spending more time on social media yeah. and kind of backing away from it and yeah, brands yeah. also backing away from it at the same time exactly and and i and i in a way i can't really blame uh, you know the brands for that as well i mean probably the people that they have working on their social media are just probably wiped out from maybe the initial things they were doing when this this all started and you're now kind of seeing a um that kind of receding back a little bit mm-hmm. but um all i can say is if if i was um you know with a brand or if i was someone that was at at the top of a brand you can't let off you can't let off the gas yeah, you know yeah. because you'll be forgotten right you know it's there's so many there's so many brands out there you guys know I, this I, yeah yeah and from a personal perspective like working for star Wars back in australia there's a really great reach we have in social yeah. media and the local mm-hmm. community and now trying to expand that in the u.s is a whole new challenge and we were doing these bartending videos with local bartenders from new york and chicago which are our two biggest right. markets and mm-hmm. I, we started making these literally the week after covid started i think we talked about it in the podcast it was like my idea to really transition to the online platform correct 
and doing simple four, maybe five-step cocktails at most, and then posting these videos. But it just took so long for us to get it going with the communication back and forth across the world that we're now finally posting them. And we had a conversation asking, like, should we even post these at this point? Is it too late in the process? Gotcha. I mean, now, like, Australia is going back, regressing, and going in phases, and shutting down borders. Uh, also, the U.S., you know, who knows what's happening here. But uh, from a state-to-state case, but we made a decision, like, Let's continue to have that conversation, even though we're a little late on this. You know, we made these videos two months ago, three months ago for some of them. Let's go ahead and keep going on with it and have like, at least have that interaction with our customers. I agree. I think this. I don't think you lose anything. No. Um, if anything, you have content to lean on and and to release at a different age. Um, but what yeah, about you? I like, and from your perspective. Yeah how our brands been treating you from the beginning to current. I, I think that a lot of brands it, and it kind of, you know, each brand is a little bit different. We're in, unfortunately some brands, um, you know, reps were furloughed or, yep. or laid off. Correct. And yeah. obviously yeah. with the on-premise, there wasn't a whole lot. Still trying to figure that out Still right now. Still trying to yeah. figure that out right now. So yeah. there was a little bit of gap there. And, and also, you know, and uh, I, I will say that any of the reps I had or have been always been super respectful and they, they don't want to um, seem like in, Right when a shutdown happens, and now they're flooding my off-premise <laughs> shop, yeah, right. saying, "Hey, buy five cases of my whiskey." Like yeah, yeah. we were obviously in a position where we didn't know what was going to happen, and so we had to kind of take that into consideration. That right now our buying, mm. um, you know, our buying, my buying power isn't that great, and certainly there's a lot of product to get right. through. So, but everybody has been um, really respectful, and and any time that I can have anybody come in and chat and still look into some new stuff, then mm -hmm. then we were able to do that, and. Um, I think there's been more more communication with with reps than the like brands or like the top end people themselves. Mm -hmm. Kind of what you were saying, Chris. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's a little bit of back and forth there. To go on to the on, keep to the online communication platform. Do you purchase brands or put brands on your shelf because of what you see on social media? A little media? bit. Uh, yeah, man, that certainly plays a factor That's into it. And we, we get we get um, you know I follow like the Chicago Bourbon Enthusiast groups yeah. and stuff like that, and so. I'll certainly look at those and see what you know what people are hunting after or getting, mm -hmm. um, and take that into consideration. And um, it's not it's a factor, not the only factor, but right. um, but certainly plays a little bit of a role. Okay. But it does help. Yeah, absolutely, it totally does help. It I, does I help. always want to get the gauge of, of customers and what people are asking for, and mm -hmm. um, you know we have a lot of people that will come in that will say like, oh, I just heard online that. X Distillery is releasing this new product. Well, they might be releasing it from their distillery yeah. in in the end of April or May. That doesn't mean it's coming to Chicago right now. Right, that's true. And yeah. that also means I don't have a rep that's telling me about it either yeah. right now at the time. So yeah. it's a little bit. So it was a little tough to, to kind of navigate that world in terms of buying and um, what products are being released, what products are just being released from the distillery, what products are coming to Chicago. That's true. All of those things. So. Do you think more customer are customers still coming here even during this time where you're only open on the roof garden? Uh, not downstairs yet, right? Correct. Yeah. Not so are they kind of coming looking for certain things? I know your bar is limited up here, though. Yeah, limited up here, but we still rolling with some of our single barrels up here. Okay. Um, our Weller picks, our Four Roses picks, Four Roses. Uh, got a Dickle pick, and so we definitely still we still have people coming in that are looking the, for that. The Dickle is delicious. Yeah, the Dickle is really nice. It so, usually um, is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, some other cool stuff. Um, Blonde Brothers, uh, Old Fangled. We've got some of those. You know, we yeah. got we got some of those bottles that people are, are diving after up here. So, nice. uh, still want to have a, a you know and have the bourbon 
Um, and the American whiskey lists still stand out up here, yeah. even though it is summer and, and people, the more general public are still going lighter drinks, cocktails. Oh, of course. Yeah, like of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Is that, what, what's the online community kind of reacting to all of this, Chris, right now as we're four months into the pandemic? Are they looking for new products? Are they kind of going back to the, the bottles on their shelves? Um, I think there's always this, there, people are always looking for the next thing, yeah. it seems like. And releases you know, are still coming out, too, yeah, and, and, which is and, interesting. I thought that was very interesting at first where, like, yeah, some releases were, I think it was in, from people, I think the industry kind of found it in poor manner in some aspects where you're releasing these $100, $150 bar- bottles and people are out of work. But now it's, we're adjusting through it and realizing yeah. you got to bring out what's out. Whatever you have kind of in queue to come next still needs to come out because you're a company as well. And we're experiencing this all in, like, a free market society. Mm-hmm. Technically, <laughs> technically, yeah. yes, yeah. I've seen, I've seen pretty much. Um, you know, everyone's looking for like, what are those next? What are those next releases coming out? I mean, I'm doing it myself. Like, right. You know, there's there's a few that I'm that I'm looking for right now that I'm that I'm trying to hunt down. And um, what are you looking it, for? Well, I just I, I was looking for the uh, Wild Turkey 17 year bottled and bond, which I th- I just actually purchased one from a friend in mississippi of all places because i couldn't couldn't find it here in chicago um but the uh wild turkey rare breed rye is coming out um which that that's not going to be a problem to find it's gonna i think it's going to be a standard um product line from wild turkey now but the rare breed bourbon is just unbelievably incredible so Mm. i can just imagine the the rye is going to be great as well um the uh, jim beam old tub bottled and bond <laughs> yeah. i'm really yes. looking forward right. to that because it's like a 22 23 dollar yeah it's like a 23 dollar bottled and bond from from jim beam and and i'm a huge jim beam fan like their products you know from bookers knob creek bakers uh, all those all those products so and I have i have a 375 of the old tub that uh, you can only buy in kentucky, like kentucky. I bought a couple when I was there last year. Drank through like the first, the first one right away, and then I was like, ah, I got to hang on to this other one because it's so good. And then there's a rumor there's one of those sitting on my, on my wife's desk back in oh, the back, back in nice. the merchandise mart, but yeah. it's probably not there anymore. <laughs> but, um, but I think that one will be that one won't be too hard to find either. The um, old tub, old it's tub. it's a limited release, but they made it they made a whole bunch of it. So say, I mean, it, it'll be you'll be able to find available. it. It'll go away after a few months, but. That's that's one that I'm anticipating uh, yeah. grabbing. Well, I saw like when early times, you know, got yeah. got bought out. There was a huge push online to be posting bottles, pictures of that of the bottles, and wondering will the spirit be continued to be made, and will it still be you know twenty two dollars essentially for a great no yeah exactly, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm glad you're more just uh, realistic than I am. Um, which is the case is going to happen. It's not going to be a 22-year-old bottle that you can go to Benny's every other time and see it on the shelf. Yeah. So well, the, the interesting thing, too, about that is, you know, it's a brown Foreman product. So being that Sazerac bought it, Buffalo, if it goes under the Buffalo Trace brand, Buffalo Trace only has two mash bills. Right. They d- yeah. or besides the rye. Yeah. But right. they do yeah. two yeah. bourbon mash bills. Yeah, they do mash bill two, one, yeah. mash bill two, two for yeah. the bourbon. So... Are they going to change early times bottled in bond to Mashville one or Mashville two? Or keep it maybe. I mean, 
adventure. Are they going to do a separate mash bill for early times I bottle and bond? I, I, I really highly don't doubt don't it. Know. So no, it's too much on their systems. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. product is gonna change. Right. Think? Oh yeah, I think I, I would say if so. If the mash bill is not mash bill one or mash bill two already, they like did maybe buy their stock. Somehow they bought their stock though. So initially that they have this, yeah exactly they they bought the already aging stock. Yeah yeah. So I I suppose for a period Probably of time. Yeah. yeah. It will be, you know, it will be the same. But it will products. also have that. I mean, I don't want to call it Sazerac stigma or stench, but it <laughs> popularity of it. It's going to drive the price point up, and also yeah. just the availability to find it easily. Well, I thought, yeah, I thought they were just buying shelf space. Personally, you did because now in these in this current climate, everyone's looking to bottom shelf winners or mm. which have been there forever. Saw, which saw, a, saw a fighting which, cock yeah, in the wild the other old day. Barton you can very get for sixteen dollars. Mm. Yeah. Very old barn I mean, and that's classic. Sixteen dollars. Right. Sixteen bones. My my yeah. absolutely love yeah. find over the this whole quarantine has been McKenna straight bourbon where oh. seventeen dollars for this delicious bourbon that's they mm. taste like um, big red and caramel oh, all mixed yeah. together. Oh, so great! Was it the bow? That wasn't the bow and the bond, right? No, it's no, 80, no. It's eighty, 80, 80 proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. it's solid yeah. though. It's, I still think probably my our favorite single barrel we ever oh, the McKenna did was did our Henry McKenna two years ten year. Ago? Oh, wow. No, we picked that out back in. But you finished it about a year and a half ago or so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I there had, might be. I had the last. I, <laughs> I had the last bottle on your shelf. I you had the last bottle yeah. on our shelf yeah. a year yeah. and a half ago during whiskey. We went through. We went through an entire bottle in a. And maybe two hours just from by the port. Well, because they had just one best bourbon and best yeah. best whiskey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, That's but okay. We, but that, that was sense. picked out, I think, in I want to say 2013. Oh wow. Okay. 2012. We had a 10-year Henry McKenna. How many bottles barrel. Did that year? Uh, probably. If I had to guess. Two something, two okay. twenty. That's pretty good. That's nice. Two twenty or something like that. Yeah, 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 right around there. Nice. Uh, give or take, maybe a case or so. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I have to go back I mean, and look at the notes, okay. but um, and that was something that at the time we got for I don't know maybe our cost was thirty dollars a bottle, like Jesus, crazy. And that would that's not really happening. <laughs> oh, <man. No. laughs> not for that. that wouldn't not happen. for that what one. What if no, I can make no, that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you those prices. I can give you those prices. So Chris, this pinhook that we're drinking, I know this is also MGP. Yep. Rye, four years. Is this the 95.5? 95.5, yes. Okay. Fucking waffle cone, bro. Waffle cone, oh. yeah. I see that. Oh. It's very, very it's sweet always has on that, the yes. nose to me. I feel like all the bu- all the and barrels that... Potpourri kind mm-hmm. of thing going on a all little bit, too. All the barrels that Pinhook picks have that spearmint, minty, yeah. refreshing yeah. Uh, flavor to it that they get from... Even MGP. their own distillate is, is very fresh, crisp. Is it? Yeah. Young still, but it's interesting in a sense. Very. What was the uh, the rye that was in the green, the vibrant green color? Was that part of the vertical series? Uh, that's not the part of the vertical. That's their. Uh, that's so their if it's the newest release, that's their own okay. uh, distillate out of. Oh Castle my god! This is like light. Mm-hmm. It's like drinking a cloud. We're also coming from from 123 right. to 97. Yeah, oh, that's a right. Bit of that, yeah. but Sorry, guys, I misled <laughs> you. <laughs> no, but, but I know what you're saying. No, you're you're. It's like they just dropped me on my head and I went through a cloud with mm. my mouth open, because it's just so that pillowy. It's very yeah. pillowy. It's very soft. Not soft like as in, I don't know. It's just well, also coming from the smoke wicking too probably speaks upon the palate of yeah why it's a lot much more toned down, but it goes down very or very smoothly. It could just be the glass. Ooh. Could be your uh, could you shout be your out to the Crystal Clean one yeah. more time. There's a there's like kind of like um, 
you know, it's four years old, so there's kind of you can taste the. I feel like you can taste the grain a yeah. bit, a bit more, especially in the finish. There's kind of like a, mm-hmm. kind of like a bready yeasty, yeah. oh yeah, like a yeast bread quality to it. I personally, I like that. I, a lot of people kind of dog young whiskey. I happen to like. I kind of like the flavors that that come out of young whiskey, especially mm-hmm. young rye. I, I like that kind of yeasty, bready mm-hmm. quality where you can taste the grains in, in the finish. Um, that's just me personally. I, I don't could, mind that. You could right. pick up a little bit more of the of what the yeast provides yes. in terms of what, what yeast strain that, that a distillery may be using. And yep. um, I think that's a really interesting thing too. And that just helps go further into like the education process of learning about, about different distilleries, right. whether it's MGP or, you know, the yeast strain that you know this distillery provides mm-hmm. or wh- whatever it is like i think that's a cool way of and so again to your point chris said just because it's not 12 years old doesn't mean it can't be good and doesn't mean it can't help people learn more about what they're drinking have yeah, you ever tried any, any ngp uh white dog at all i have not no i haven't either i was wondering i'd be, I'd I'd be, be curious, curious. Yeah. yeah it would be nice to try it no, i'd love to I don't try think it so i, I was trying that. to look back in because we had did have um Master Stiller in once. Oh, I had, we did an MGP uh, Remus Repeal Reserve yeah. tasting, okay. and Remus and a couple other brands. And Harrison, um, but figure uh, it out. But I don't think that any White Dog <laughs> that they brought any White Dog. I'd be interested to try if it's like has that, sp- uh, that like funky, more fruitier experiment mm-hmm. flavors to yeah. it inside of there. Would co- I think it would. I think the the fruity side would service more, considering how it's aged, because um, this is more the freshness of it all. Yeah, so I think the fruitiness I think would would shine through a, a white dog, but that's why this release I think is really fun and really cool. Is yeah, that is like nice. you're tasting it now at four years, and then next year they're gonna re- they're gonna release the five year version, then the six all the way up yeah. to twelve, and you'll be able to you'll be able to compare all those as it goes along and see like what influence the barrel had on it, mm-hmm. and and um, I'm pretty sure they have. Uh, all of their barrels aging down in Kentucky now, right, so right. you Is get it all uh, at Castle and Key now. Yeah, yes. so they have everything down there at Castle and Key. But the interesting thing about Castle and Key is that warehouse down there. I think it's the largest warehouse yeah. in the world. It's the longest, longest, longest warehouse longest. in the world. It's the longest brick. warehouse yeah. in the world. Longest, yeah. the old Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. The old Taylor. And, uh, it's, it's, it's three stories and longest. It's uh, three football fields. Yeah, and it's kind of like there, right? down in a valley, so it it ages. Yeah similar to how it would age in, it's in Indiana because it's not <laughs> it's not getting quite the the heat mm-hmm. elevation um, yeah, yeah it's not right. it doesn't have the elevation yep. um, so it's interesting it's a similar type climate it's not the same type of warehouse that, uh, that MGP has in Lawrenceburg it's yeah. I mean the concrete but I was wondering about that with the Blum brothers if they ever put a warehouse down in the valley of Galena right there in the river valley oh yeah okay. and compared to up top there and obviously they got their new warehouse as well which is I think further it's further north or further north so probably yeah. higher elevation too in that area yeah. of the country not totally sure Mike and Matt if I'm wrong let me know <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> um, but deal with it <laughs> <laughs> but they would put it and they would put some barrels down there like in downtown yeah. be interesting. the weather's so different when you're down yeah. there when versus when you're up top that's yeah. a very good and that's um, just you know here in yeah. good old illinois that's a very northwest good illinois i wonder if they that would be cool and then i think that's what chris we mentioned how about how doing the different year releases and yeah. seeing what seeing what age what the barrel takes and and if there is any change in um in rotation of the barrels and where they're moving yeah. them and i think that's a really cool way of 
uh, going into the collecting of way of tasting and being able to taste things side by side. Yeah. I mean, that's so that's so much fun for me to do that stuff. Yeah, whether it's blind so, tasting yeah. single barrels from a distillery, or yeah. whether it's tasting, you know, same same juice and the same product, but yet it has another three years on it, and what mm -hmm. that what that yields. You know, well, it's I would fun. I would be really curious to know, and this is something I've shared with Jake. I'm gonna fucking put it out there anyway. Hmm. Um, Please do. Getting a barrel, taking a barrel, doing a single barrel, but not releasing it all and letting it continue to age over said time. Some yeah. places do to that. To see how, you yeah, know. That's cool. That would how be very cool to see cool how it's do. matured on its own by itself, standing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So basically just pulling, you know, pulling let's pull bottom. 50 bottles third, right now. Give me a third or, of yeah, it, right. another third, yeah. and I'll take the next third. That's what a lot of whiskey clubs will do because they might cool. only have a certain amount of members that are going to buy those bottles initially, right. and then we hold that right. barrel on reserve. And your and your microphone's a foot away. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Depends, you know. Smaller barrels, yeah. Yeah. Twenty-five gallon, thirty gallon barrels. Um, it's more affordable that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's an interesting concept too. The the whole idea of uh, just of so you aging. know, it's being. Uh, I have a patent out, copyrighted, TM'd, all that shit. <laughs> Good to know, Wilson whiskey. <laughs> the, TM. The, the concept of aging in in the smaller barrels, like yeah, there's. You know, some distilleries that swear by it. There's others that say, hell no, we'll never, ever do it. I think, Wilson, yours is one of them that said, no, we're yeah, never going to do right? it. Initially, um, well, truth be told, um, in order to know what we Exclusive. had, um, our experimentals are in 25-gallon, uh, um, but our main product line is all in 53. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and it's so different from like our distillery over in Australia was like we'll just grab whatever wine cast we can get initially. So anything from thirty gallon to hogsheads. Yeah, yeah. Some big hogs. yeah, yeah. So it was like it was just all experimentation across the board. And first it was nothing charred, and then there was some charred. Mm -hmm. Now there's a small percentage that our Nova, which is our main single malt, has it. But then Solera is all charred pretty much at this point, which is our other single malt. Um, yeah, it's all kind of all over the board with every distillery. It's a little bit different. In America, though, there seems to be that stigma. If you're using 30 gallon or less, you're shocking your whiskey into yeah. uh, flavor. Which, you know, coming from experience at a distillery that did that and they yes. expanded into 53 gallon, 53 gallon barrels um, towards the end of my stay at the Cobal, which is down the street. I can I can yell to you, Mike. Throw Mike, yeah. <laughs> um, the flavors were definitely prevalently changing in those larger casts. Uh, for the better, I guess it depends on the individual. Um, but we did have some casts that were around that six-year mark that really did have this really great traditional flavors you'd get from your whiskeys that are aged that long. But um, it find, I, find it, I think it might have held up superior to the other whiskeys that were only aged for two years. Not because they're just aged longer. I think because they were actually given a chance to have the effects um, – of these really great barrels we had up from Minnesota that were charred really well and aging in different conditions. Some were ba um, barrel aging, you know, in, a s in a, our small little warehouse up here on Ravenswood. Others were aging next to our still that would obviously age a little bit faster, get some more flavors to it because yeah. it was hotter in the summertime when it would reach 120 degrees in there and the guys would be soaking wet by 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> dungeon oh. area. Yeah, the dungeon area we had, which is uh, may or may not have existed. <laughs> <laughs> Depending I on wouldn't you handle had. that well. It's like 80, and I'm sweating oh, like dude, crazy. I, I, would I remember there was one summer of those guys. They drank so much Gatorade, they all like got stomach aches. Is that <laughs> like that four years ago, five years ago? That really hot summer we had. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, they're drinking a little too much Gatorade, and putting too much electrolytes into back into their body <laughs> right. in a quick amount of time. 
but it, but it shows, you know, the difference of what the elements can have on your warehouse or wherever you're barrel aging. You're going to get some different components out of the barrel. It's regional. I mean, I think that's what's that's what's brilliant about uh, being a craft slash artisanal distillery is that you're free to really experiment, truly experiment by what's what you have naturally are given to do so. And, um, you know. Aside, you know, with all due respect to the Kentucky brands and all that, it's like, hey, you guys are 200 years ahead of us. <laughs> you guys have it down packed for you guys. Yeah. Water, air, you know, uh, oak, and so on and so forth. It's it's one of those, um, it's one that you respect and you strive maybe to compete with. And then sometimes you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> this no, is what I got. I totally agree. And I, I think personally that, people need to get off the uh, only good bourbon comes out of Kentucky, only good mm-hmm. whiskey comes out of Kentucky, because that's just flat-out false. <laughs> right. Right. I mean... Not uh, accurate. But, yeah, but there not are... The, not the great whiskey doesn't come out of Kentucky. Correct. But no, no, correct. no, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Again, Bob's killing half his clientele. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Like, is the best bourbon coming out of Kentucky? Yeah, probably, probably. so. Yeah. Probably but, so. But... Like, well, certain generations are doing that. Yeah. And play with that. Yeah. But but there are so many fantastic whiskeys coming out of everywhere in this country, out of Kansas, out of Washington, out of Illinois. Mm. I mean, you name it. There, there are so many great producers out there right now, but there is, like, that, I think, within, within like, just speaking from like the social media perspective and seeing what what people talk about like i can say i picked a barrel from union horse that's a bourbon that's six years seven months old whatever 127 <laughs> point whatever proof <laughs> you're trying to copy bookers and <laughs> and if i it said just, it, it came out that way yeah and if i said that barrel came from kentucky People would just yes. lose their minds yep. over over that barrel, and they would they would pay, you know, just ridiculous amounts right. of money for it. But because it's not from Kentucky, it just for some reason. Well, I mean, we all know the reason, but people just like knock it down a notch, or like, Correct. well, it's not, you know, it's not from Kentucky. It can't be that good. But I'll tell you what, it's. You know, things like that can stand up to any single barrel release coming out of any distillery in Kentucky. And this is happening across the country from from places. And I think that people should just take the whiskey for what it is and mm. and, and well take said. it for right. what it tastes like and who cares where it came from. And don't get caught up in 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 all that stuff. If it tastes if it tastes good then it's good whiskey, Yeah, you know? Well, I think that's the role of social media playing in the future. The, the whiskey drinkers that are now getting into it have gotten into it over the last couple of years, how they'll supplant those old-school drinkers and that old that old thinking, that old guard. But at the same time, we still see people always just posting Weller, Pappy, yeah. Old St. Nick. Like <laughs> it, it's it's hard it's hard to get... It's true. Yeah, no, it's so it, true. It, it, it is I, true. Yeah. I mean, like, it's... And, and I'm have, sure you have the people come in and asking for oh, those I mean, products. Oh, you know, I mean, and we have tons of people that come in there asking for other products, too. But yes. I would yeah. say yes. there's at least 60 to 70%, 60% of mm. people that walk in. They, they walk in, like, do you have any of your Weller pick still? <laughs> yeah. 
And if I say, no, but I've got this great other pick, I've got this new single barrel that's not ours, but yeah. a single barrel from Wilderness Trail. Yeah, right. or, oh, great. Or, yeah. yeah, some other Absolutely. great products. And they're like, Absolutely. you know, that's uh, fine. I'll check it back in later. Yeah. It's like, all right, guys. Yeah, and that's okay. You know, that's fine. But it is, the, it is, uh, it's crazy how, yeah, that, the, how the, a couple brands dominate. Do you have customers so leave if you say no? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? No, really? Well, uh, I mean, for the off prem. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. For the off prem, they'll walk into the shop and be like, gotcha. "Do you guys have any of your okay. Weller single Got single barrel got any Blantons? <laughs> there it is, right? Like I, uh, I'm gonna say it right here. So <laughs> that's like a swear word in like every liquor store. Yeah, right. yeah. There is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now on the on on the on premise side, no, they won't they won't okay. come in and ask for okay. a Weller, and if I don't have it on the shelf, then they leave, which I usually do have it on the shelf. But if, correct. Um, I was gonna say of 900 whiskeys, they probably can choose something before they leave. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. So we don't have that happen on the yeah, on the right. bar side when downstairs is going. But the only thing is, is that they're only doing themselves a disservice by by being so narrow minded about like right. the Weller products or you know whatever it may be from Kentucky. If they come in and they ask for something and you don't have it, they're doing themselves a disservice by not trying like if you say hey i've got something from another distillery that is equivalent or or even like hey this is a great product like try this out and if they're just like no they're just so focused on on those particular brands yeah they're only doing themselves a disservice by not trying this other stuff that's so amazing that's out there and you can discover something else or discover a possibly different flavor profile might like or a different yeast strain you might like or Mm -hmm. there's you know I totally but agree. Th- you know what? Some sometimes it gets to a point it becomes too technical, uh, depending on who you have this conversation with. Mm. You're with a bourbon head. Oh, the o- the OESK. Oh, forget about <laughs> it. I'm like, you know what? Here's two words. Okay, see you later. Because I have no idea what you're talking about. And it's I three words. Oh, <laughs> sorry, three words. But I, I mean, I know they're talking four roses and all that. But yeah. I don't get into the technicality of whiskeys or and or bourbons because of the fact that. That's not what I'm about. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what you were talking about, Chris, and Bob, you as well, when you're talking about your, your, your customer base. If we can just step away from all that and just have everything blindly, you <laughs> know, be done with it. You dig what I'm saying? I mean, maybe we stop alphabetize, alphabetizing the whiskey list. Maybe we stop categorizing everything. Maybe we just said, hey, I got this great whiskey that sounds special for $7 a pour. You win, you out. <laughs> well, I think you dig what I'm I, saying? Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure I, if I, that works, though, because I, I mean, I'm in a, sometimes I'm in a certain mood for a single malt. I'm in a certain mood for a Speyside or okay. a Highland or an Isla. And, or I'm always in the mood for bourbon. Right. But <laughs> Ask um, for it by name. If you know what you're in a mood for, mm. ask for it by name. Hmm. Well, but if it's not there... Exactly. Don't uh, deprive yourself of the opportunity at something else. No, but you know? this is, yeah, but this is what I'm saying because this is what I learned from from Jake. Oh God! In a sense, where <laughs> when we started working together, and I was still a novice, I knew what I was drinking. I just didn't know what I was drinking, and then I knew what I was selling. I just didn't really know what I was selling. And then as you start to educate yourself, Do you mean as in. The uniqueness of what you're the selling? The uniqueness of So everything. with the millet. Correct, yeah. yes. With millet, with oat. Well, I mean, yeah, with yeah. the millet and the bourbon. Millet and the bourbon. But the purists were always shutting us down. Shutting us down, yeah. correct. Yeah, because they're like, oh, you can't put millet in bourbon. You can't put millet right. in bourbon. <laughs> it's just like, well, we can't, actually. We did. <laughs> but we did. And it sold like fucking hotcakes, you know? And it just, but it, but what was great is that it spoke to so many different groups of people, not just a bourboner. Yeah. You yeah. dig what I'm saying? Right. 
You well, know, that also speaks to, to the clientele of the city. I this think. is true. Yeah, this is true. I mean, because we we do have you know a specificity, a not a specificity. It's a um, it's a diverse culture of drinking. Yeah, but it's also a segregated one. True. So it's like we spoke to all those areas. We spoke to all those you know things. So that's that's what I'm like. If you're looking for something and you know what you want, come in, ask for it. Chances are Bob's going to have it for you. If Bob doesn't have it for you. It's because he ran out, not because <laughs> he doesn't have it. So it's like, you know what? I know what you feel. I like that too. Here's something, either maybe a little step above or below. Yeah. Listen and to and your so listen li- to your bartenders. Listen to your people. Yeah. And that's the whole point. It's like, listen to Bob. Listen to Chris. Listen to yourself. Well, well I mean, the thing too, why not you trust in, yourself? If you come in asking for a pour of Blantons, they don't have it, or you come in looking for a bottle of it, and don't have it. You just cut your. Wait for it. <laughs> That's a long one. Someone's it's an ambulance. The the hot summer started in inferno somewhere. Um, but you, what, what you just out. did there by asking for something that's rare and a little more expensive, you just gained the opportunity to try two things for the price you're coming to try one thing. Well so said. if you wanted to try some Blantons, maybe you can try two different bourbons or two different a bourbon and a rye for the same price you'd pay for that pour of a Blantons or a Pappy, whatever you're looking for. It's you know unique, not unique, but allocated in the sense that everybody wants it. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, going back to your point, Wilson, on the technicalities, and I think uh, I think I, I agree with you to for sure that I think some of the favorite some of the favorite times that I have done tastings, I do them blind, uh-huh. and and that and then I find out what I'm tasting afterwards, and that's some of the most fun for me. Absolutely. Um, the other aspect I would say to that would be that transparency is important too, and I think that that helps educate people when they're drinking. Absolutely. And I think that is a that's an important thing too. Absolutely. Um, that kind of, you know, at least for me, what I kind of started seeing happen was like maybe six, five, six, seven years ago, when you know some brands weren't being as transparent of of, of their juice, where mm-hmm. they're getting it from, and now that's kind of changing. I think that I, I for me, I, I love when a I, I you know I like when a, a company puts I. Uh, one that comes to mind is Copper Fox mm-hmm. out of Virginia, and they would put they put mash bill, they would put where yeah. it's aged, they would put yep. all their information right on the front of the bottle. That helps educate bartenders, then it help, yeah. that helps educate customers, and I think that just cu- keeps that conversation going. So I think I don't think I certainly have people that will that will come in and, and they may know more than my bartender. They they yeah. might be some real big time bourbon guys, and they might sure. know more than my bartender. I can think of a few of your customers that might know that, um, <laughs> and that's great. You yeah, know, but fine. you know you. Um, there's a back and forth between um, being technical and being knowledgeable and then making being sure that it's known how knowledgeable you are. And, yeah. And yeah. You don't have to be a dick. You don't yeah. have to be a dick. Exactly. You don't have to be a dick. <laughs> it's, you don't, you can, it's, it's a big decent problem. person, yeah. you know. I mean, I'll say it. You don't have to be a dick. You don't have I to mean, be a dick. Yeah. And that's true. But, but th- and that's the thing. It's just, it's when you're drinking something that you're getting for a fraction of a price that before you even go and spend it, you should be appreciative of what you learn from it. I'm not dropping a hundred bo- bucks on a ball-shaped bottle that I may not even liked, but you know what? Before I return it, I'm keeping a pewter fucking cop to it. You dig what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm actually gonna put it into a decanter, give you the decanter, keep the bottle, keep the fucking pewter top, and respect. But it's it's one of those things where where it's education. Yes, absolutely for everybody. Absolutely. But if you, when you ask those individuals that are asking that specifically, I'm curious to know, it's like, why are you asking for that hmm. now? 
That's why you're asking for that. Right. Did you hear about it? Did you have it already? Did you read about it? I rather it's almost like one of those old school cards that you get through the mail. But hey, thanks for subscribing to this. How'd you hear of us? I mean, I'm curious. Why are you asking for that specifically? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. You uh, get what I'm saying? <laughs> why are you asking for that? The answer to that question a lot of times is hype and right. people hype. just people just heard about it and 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 they've seen a lot of people talking about it. And and that's not to say like we have two on the table right now, Smoke Wagon and Pinhook. They're these are highly hyped whiskeys and and people may come in asking for these simply because they look at their Instagram feed and every other picture is, you know, one one of these whiskeys. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that customer coming in and like wanting to try those because you know, they they've seen they've seen the hype, but on the other hand, if it's not available and there's there's something comparable or they receive a suggestion from the bartender or, you know, wherever they're at, like have an open open mind to like what's being suggested to you mm-hmm. and um, don't don't close yourself off from from trying something else like I might come in into Fountainhead and say hey do you have the pinhook rye that's four years old and they might say no we don't but we have another MGP rye that's Rossville Union you know that's that's mm-hmm. uh, that will get you what you're what you're kind of looking for be open to that like right. yeah. try it out and and you may have just found uh, a whiskey that's accessible to you that uh, that you really enjoy and is similar to what you were looking for yeah but how do you how do you balance that uh in terms of like uh hey. have if i have the product or if i don't have a product well how do you how do you balance what is popular or hyped opposed to versus what is well this would complement what we already do now. Yeah, for, so like you, like if you see like Pinhook is really like popular. Do you are are you then like influenced to like I have to go, I have to buy this product yeah. for for the bar, or you know how does that work? For yeah, you? I think there is. Um, I think there's a balance. I think certainly if I got a lot of people coming in, if I have, if mm-hmm. some people coming in, and they're asking for products that I might not have. I'm like, all right. Some people check are coming in I got to make sure I check gotcha. this out, or I might I might see them on social media, or I might, or if it gets brought to me and I'll taste it. Certainly, I still like to uh, taste it just about everything before I before I oh, buy of it. Course. Um, yeah, of course, um, and make sure that the quality is there. That which this obviously is. This is fantastic. Um, this is really really good. Uh, so I think. <laughs> I know That's what it really tastes like. Really good, actually. It's really good. We'll, we'll get to that this after Bob's done. Uh, <laughs> and Jake has something. And so think. I think that, so I try to, A, you know, and we obviously want to be one of the places that has products that people are coming right. and looking for. Um, so there's a, I try to talk to either go to suppliers or distributors directly, or they might come to me with a product. Or if I hear, if it's, even if it's two times where somebody comes in. And I can tell, and I know that they know a lot about whiskey, and they're asking for stuff. They're like, all right, I should probably, I got to make sure I go and find this out. Yeah. yeah. Um, if somebody, because, you know, I, you know, um, doesn't mean that I, because I, I won't find every single bourbon before somebody yeah. else <laughs> right. does. Yeah, yeah, right. Awesome, you will. You know? You will. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, I would definitely have, you know, any suggestions that any customer has, I take into consideration whether okay. they, whether they're the most knowledgeable person about bourbon or, or they're, you know, just trying to get into stuff. And how does that work here? Like, so if, if, so, if do you have your bartenders 
like I don't know if they're writing down like a list of things people are asking you for yes. or how do they communicate so, that back um, to you? Yeah, a little bit. They'll say, like, hey, Bob, do we have this? A couple of these guys have been asking for this product. Um, I will usually talk with bartenders when I see – I can usually can spot some of the bourbon guys. And some yeah. of them I know, they're regulars, yeah. and they're awesome people. Yeah. And I'll chat with them, and I'll chat with the bartender. Like, hey, this guy usually likes to drink this product. Well, um, maybe we can suggest them, even if we have that product, hey, why don't we try to give them into something different that's from – might also be from MGP or might yeah. be from the same distillery, but is a different product. The Blanton's to Eagle Rare sort of like, hey, this gotcha. person just this person might not know all that much, but they just know they want Blanton's. Right. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, let's let's I'll talk to the bartender and be like, here's what we can suggest because this is from the same distillery. Right. Yes. And so it is going to have a similar flavor profile. Yeah. It may not be the same, but and so that's through some training and hopefully. You know, some bartenders grab onto that and like, oh, cool. Like, oh, I didn't realize that <laughs> Knob Creek came from Jim Beam. Yeah. I didn't right. realize yeah. this, you know. And you also so. really guys, rely on guys like us, you know, to come in and tell you right. what, what you're actually having on the back shelf, too. Yes. And absolutely. tell you and educate you about the actual um, bottles that we're serving or you're serving and that we're trying to sell to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. How does that, you know, when it comes to people asking for these certain products, how has this whole last four months affected you about what you have on the back shelf is it more about catering to the customers or is it more about just surviving at this point well, a little bit of both i mean yeah. certainly i still want to have like i said even up here i mean i'm still selling our single barrels up here i'm still uh trying to curate a, a really good list up here but there is some there's definitely some product inventory management that have to be you know have to be mindful of uh and so that can you know kind of goes back and forth on that in terms of like how much people are coming in they're asking yeah, for was, different it's kind stuff of what I'm wondering how much are people are asking for yeah. that oh how much they are well i mean like, you know out of your let's say you have 100 customers a night we're getting like one or two guys or no uh, no, still a little bit more than that okay, okay great yeah um i would say that there's probably eight eight brands yeah that dominate yeah, 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 yeah. if even less than that that dominate what people are asking for kind of like for us like personally on a, on a matter like you're going to we're going to places for a certain thing so we're going to this brew pub to have this beer tonight okay. we're going to this place to have that burger tonight we're coming uh, to this place right. to have that cocktail right. or whiskey right. tonight. so i know okay. those customers are kind of coming back to you for that and a lot of that That's is and a good, good amount of those are our, our um which is great that people enjoy them are um, our single our single barrel picks yeah um, so people are coming in there you know so we'll come in and ask a lot for you guys those, are so consistent on those i can't um, tell you how how consistent you guys are with it especially the russell's yeah those russell's. russell picks oh oh friday new russell's pick oh no. yeah. hey. landed in the warehouse that's tomorrow that's tomorrow uh, yep it will be that's right I, thought, I don't know why i thought today was wednesday maybe because last I've, week i thought who knows what wednesday. Wednesday. we shall yeah. i thought today was wednesday for certain but yes uh so yes russell's our third russell's pick will is be mr in. russell coming again to he, i don't i don't think that he's coming in town but he wasn't he was came in town it was in middle of february yeah when we picked it out great uh, so he came in town and i think it's gonna be a fun which says fun interesting barrels from uh from the a warehouse right. too which oh, nice. is pretty cool Dude. yeah stepping up from the game the a wild turkey there. so i will still say that last was that last august you got the last pick in i think it was it was around this time it might have been late july okay, okay. i think it was late july i think i want to say august because okay. i was gone almost the whole month because of wedding and honeymoon uh, right. okay but gotcha. okay. anyway Regardless of what time it was, that was one of the best days I've ever had in this industry. Was <laughs> I agree. Doing a master class with yeah. Mr. Russell, and we then Bob Wilson and I had the privilege of just sitting around for 45 minutes and, and shoot the shit with yeah. him. Yeah. Shooting the shit with yeah. Eddie Russell. Yeah. And then, Amazing. just by coincidence, my our second 
single barrel pig of Russell's literally yeah. like came, came in the door while Eddie was crazy. while Eddie was here and yeah. we got to open it. Yeah. We got the first it bottle was with him. The first yeah. was that was just a weird wild coincidence, right. um, but pretty and awesome. I love it. Yeah, I mean making a making a house call and next thing you know yeah, you're it's, drinking it's it's one of those things. Uh, when I, the last time I was in Kentucky, I went to the Wild Turkey uh, Distillery before coming home, driving home, and I tell you what, that was probably the of the tours that I did and tastings that I did, the fact that I was on Wild Turkey Hill or the grounds, yeah, I don't know what it is about it, but that made the most impact on me. I think it's because they had the largest pours of any of the big distilleries. <laughs> 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 I have noticed that over the years. Hey, have you guys have a have you guys ever had a zero bar? No. Okay, What's so that? you know what a three musketeers, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so picture the nugget as is. Yeah. But instead of chocolate, white chocolate. That's a zero bar. Kay. Now, take that zero bar, let it come to room temperature, <laughs> sprinkle a little bit of crushed red pepper flake that you get with your pizza orders. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. this I fucking uh, tizzy rye. Really? Oh, all right. That's this tizzy rye. I know you guys are waiting for that. So I thought this was the proper time to do it. Now that Samu is here. Interjection. Yeah. Interjection with Samu. <laughs> Samu Ron has arrived. That by popular demand. Let's get you a microphone. Yeah, let's get it, Mikey. So Samu was on our last episode here at the Fountainhead series of conversations that we're now calling it. Yep. Uh, well, thank you. And what brings you in today? Uh, today, um, the pleasure of Bob's company, really. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad your sunglasses survived another week. They yeah. did. Uh, they did. And actually, that is also another proper segue for a bestowal. Here. Oh, oh yeah. no. This, uh, is getting Wilson gifts. Is yeah. oh. I, I missed the first present, but those who can't be witnessing this, it's um, a glorious set of glasses that we had potentially discussed. Oh, Keanu, that that's yeah. a named a and everything. Well, I'm sorry, but you I'm need just to clearly glasses are better. Clearly, for all of the all the those listening fans <laughs> in the audience, need to get a selfie of you with <laughs> some whiskey in that beautiful Glencairn and your new Stiegel sunglasses. Stiegel, representing camera this week. Those do yeah, look I hope good. they fit. I thought you always had. Oh, your those are those are fancy with the uh, multiple Stiegel. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's approved. It is, it is approved. I appreciate it much, much, much appreciated. Yeah. Well, it's good to be back. Oh, what a good day! I feel like it's Father's Day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the oldest motherfucker here. You really didn't have one, I guess, over the quarantine. I didn't. No, so I really there didn't you have go. One, so I appreciate it. Oh, much appreciated, Samuel. Uh, absolutely, my pleasure. Yeah. Oh man. How's the beer sales been this week? Uh, it's been a little bit of a strange thing in that. I uh, think it has. Yes. <sighs> uh, I'm, I'm think I'm the, probably the first person to say that in these last four months. It has been strange. <laughs> no, I really. Uh, I, really <laughs> I was just. I mean, I, why I said that is because I was having a talk with our marketing manager yesterday in our uh, team meeting and I'm like I'm just having a hard time right now like yeah. psychologically going to places and I was out in the burbs one place they weren't even wearing masks the employees Certainly. and I'm like I don't really want to be here right now because I'm what other precautions did you skip out on to make this place safe it it one of the one of the things that has made it strange is that last week and the week before and the leading up to the holiday there was such a sense of festivity and mm. people wanting to celebrate and trying to ramp up sales for that and also just ramp up a sense of enthusiasm that there have been these months of relative doldrums and trying to put people in a good mindset um, but that also perhaps 
contributed a bit to a bit of a sense of being more lax in people's approaches and not wearing masks as much. <laughs> um, uh, it's also warmer and all the rest of that. Um, yeah. And then in the week or two since the holiday, um, people have seen, I think both on and off premise, that sales were not very robust relative to what they expected. And some of the feedback from the mayor and uh, other markets has shown that this is by no means over. So oh, no, no. I'm not seeing people being yeah. a little more responsible than perhaps even they were just a couple of weeks ago, which after four months is irritating that <laughs> it hasn't really sunk in yet, but that's... I think I said in the last podcast I felt like ap- April 5th instead of July 5th or whatever day we were recording on just because, or we just felt like we were reverting, regressing, and you see some of the other countries now going back to right. and all these other states having the spikes in cases to where, as we were talking before, uh, Wilson over at AJ Hudson's, when we made a little stop there to sell some whiskey before we came here, um, are we going to be closed by August? We are not trending in the right direction, that's right. for sure. I feel so like we're just treading I water barely. I hope we are not going back, but it's not trending in the right direction. Yeah, hopefully at least it would be, if it, at worst, phase three, where like places like this could still exist. Yeah, I would I would imagine that would be if... And reading some articles and kind of seeing how things have been going in other states. Again, we're not we're not seeing right. the the massive spikes that that the South and the West no. has had. Which but I- we are seeing an increase right. um, in cases statewide and a slow increase in the city too. And as long as those um, even move up minutely, um, they're not going to hesitate to to close down indoor. Now I don't know. Does that go back to a full? Phase three, does the Lakefront Trail stay open, but they just shut down indoor dining. They're closing dining, it little by little every in, day. Indoor dining, restaurants, bars, zoos, museums, um, anything that is indoors, bowling alleys, do they revert back to those, but then still allow gatherings of 10 to 50 people outside at a park? I'm not sure where, yeah. you know, I'm not sure if it'll be a full rollback or a half rollback, if, as long as... We don't near a position where we have to shut down everything again. Right. Then we can still stay open outside. I think a lot of this will speak towards the seriousness of which the city took it overall here in Chicago. Um, we, I would say we were in a pretty strict uh, shelter in place for the most part, and people for the most part adhered to it. Um, obviously, as the bars opened up and we entered into phase four, some problems took place. But um, compared to other states, we were very much sectioning ourselves off and people were wearing masks people were staying distant from each other and nothing was really open and i will give it credit to the protests that happened here which i think we've highlighted before i was at four or five of the protests and i would say 97 percent of people were wearing masks or had a mask on them compared to other cities um and i'll give it new york for example i have friends and colleagues that were protesting and they said everybody wore masks my best friend who's a surgeon in la he said he's walking around nobody's wearing masks Mm -hmm. And we're seeing spikes in individual cities where people took it responsibly enough here to go through the right protocols to exercise, um, you know, their liberties and their freedoms to do so, which we did very much should. And be prior to that, we took it serious enough as a city where we're not drastically increasing, as you mentioned, Bob, but we're still going up a little bit here and there. It was. It just goes back. I, I, Use the microphone. I, sorry. I. I'm sure with my. Eighty-nine episodes in. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really bad. You need to take the sunglasses off so you can uh, see. That might not oh, be. You know what? Shout out. Um, it's one of those. I believe I don't remember what episode, but it was a concern that I voiced then, and it 
it lacked these last couple weeks until obviously the recent, you know. But I, it's I have always was afraid that the effort to bring us on a social level and a society level and then on the industry level to bring us to phase three, now phase four, my fear is slowly creeping up back into me and from the back of my mind to the front of my mind of having to close. That is a huge financial distress Mm. to our industry, to our city, Um, because now we are our own region because of it. Yep. You know, so uh, the governor can do all that he has done, and I commend him, and I continue to and I applaud. Fucking JP, man, I love it. Mayor Prisker, I'll shout shout out to her as well. She's done what she has, and her threat. I won't fuck with that woman, but at the same time, why not take it seriously? I think it's a generational thing. Take what seriously? Take serious of the the threat. The The threat of what? Of going against what's being told to you, it's like, man, just wear a mask. Oh, okay. Follow the rules, and we'll be all together. You can still have a good time. Was it's it not just a mentioned. couple of months ago? I'm assuming you're you know? referring to a younger generation, yeah? Right. Yes, right. absolutely. Was it not just a couple of months ago though that many people were saying, ah, it's the boomers <laughs> who aren't wearing the yeah. masks? Right. So, uh, as in many things, I I might find that it's very cyclical, mm. and yeah, certainly there are the the younger generations, as it is with every generation that is. The younger one will say, well, I'm invincible and I will run through yep. walls and set myself on fire and I'll be fine. I'll just wake <laughs> up and <laughs> pound a couple of beers or maybe some okay. fine straight rye whiskey uh, or whatever it is. We're yeah, partaking also some bourbon here. here on the table, too. That's uh, all right. Cup runs over. Um, but it's it, it then falls to uh, the, the thought leaders and the influencers within each of those communities and those generations to really make that message heard amongst yeah. their own constituents, so to speak, which is something that some people are much more willing to take on as a responsibility than others. In this industry, of course, since the livelihood of uh, this business and thus our businesses, suppliers and distributors is very much contingent upon how well this goes, then there is a, a sense of investment and involvement and a little bit more of a long, long, far-sighted aspect uh, compared to some of the places, as we discussed last time when I was here in um, the West Loop. And one of those places are now shut down. Right. Not yeah. saying that there aren't yeah. West Loop businesses that aren't um, far-sighted and thinking in more generational terms. Right, because they are. But there are a lot of um, young managers who are just running around and saying, I don't care, I'm just going to get whatever I can for this shift and then go work someplace else if this spot gets shut down because they don't have any equity in it. Ah, well, you raise, uh, you raise a very <laughs> interesting <laughs> thing that just kind of like set off a, a light bulb in, in my head is like, what role do you... Do you guys, being being representatives for brands, what role do you think that your brands or the industry as a whole have in <clears throat> basically beating this into people's heads? Like, this is a major problem because this affects you guys in a major, major way. <laughs> True. So, like, what role do your brands, what role does the, ind- does the alcohol industry play in stepping up and saying to people like hey you need to wear a mask you need to take this seriously like this is a major major problem in our country and because this is really affecting like Mm -hmm. you guys and it's affecting bars and restaurants where where you guys are trying to sell your products into if they're not open 
you know, obviously that's not good for you guys. It's not good for your brands. What role does the alcohol industry as a whole have in stepping up and, and trying to, to make people aware of the problem? I think it starts at face value by wearing that mask when you approach accounts and when you go into stores, when you go into bars, um, any retailer, obviously, too, about, hey, I'm being safe, not for you, but also for your customers and for your personal safety, too, when I'm talking to you directly. And that only goes so far because people aren't going to see us doing that. They're not going to know that we're a rep inside of a liquor store when they're going to buy their bottle of bourbon, their six-pack of craft beer, or their 12-pack of domestic beer. They're only going to see people wearing a mask and probably also thinking they're buying alcohol, even though we're very easy to spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it it begins there, but it also begins the respect of the conversation of, you know, sending an email out or dropping, as Wilson said, and saying, when do you have time to talk? Yeah. It doesn't have to be right now. I'm here to show that I'm here to support you as much as possible as I can, but I also don't want to be intrusive and I don't want to be demanding to the point that you feel uncomfortable because I'm here. Two thoughts about this. Thought it, number one is how this potentially becomes sort of an extension of uh, suppliers' advocacy for drinking responsibly. Mm. And that if you do not take seriously the um, structures and laws uh, that govern the way in which people can drink at all and of legal age, then you are undermining your longevity as a category. Yeah. And this is a bit of a similar, albeit hopefully much more short-lived phenomenon, where if you don't uh, emphasize the importance of um, distancing and wearing masks and all the rest of it, then what we're used to doing, that is congregating and all the rest that we usually try to celebrate, won't be possible. Um, And the other piece of that uh, is that I was initially sort of perplexed when I started seeing all these branded masks come out from alcohol suppliers since I was thinking, this hopefully shouldn't really be something that lasts that long. Right. But by the same token, it also then signifies some of what you were mentioning about these suppliers taking it seriously. So if they have invested in things like um, branded glassware or uh, sunglasses or um, T-shirts, that's one thing. But then if they're also investing in masks, uh, that also is an indicator that they are are taking this seriously and they want people to know that. Uh, Then perhaps the next step, is trying to find more ways to get the consumers to then find a mask as engaging as they find Ah. a branded pint glass Mm -hmm. or um, a wild turkey hoodie or something. And those are pretty sharp hoodies. I mean, Mm -hmm. I won't lie. Those are are pretty badass. But yeah, those would be my two thoughts on the matter. So it's a primary role. Uh, Well, it's an important role. I suppose primary role is still the CDC and such like, but uh, this category has such a a public-facing and wide-ranging and permeating... um, uh, sense of influence that it needs to take that very seriously. And, and I will say from, so I come from like a consumer perspective, a social media perspective. I have not actually seen any brand. There may be brands that have masks as, as part of like, you know, we have t-shirts, we have masks, we have, we have sunglasses, like you mentioned, but Actually, I've not seen any brand come out, and I, and I know why this is, but I've not seen a brand come out and say, listen, there's a major issue happening here. You need to wear a mask. You need to social distance. 
you need to you need to take these steps to for your own safety for the safety of your friends and your family no brand that i that i know of has 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 come out and and taken that that stance and and i and and i know in america because this has all become supremely politicized for for no good reason whatsoever but it would be refreshing to see a brand step up and say, listen, you need to do these things so that we can survive, so that you can go to your favorite bar. So that you can survive. Yeah, so that you can survive, so that your favorite yeah. bar can survive, so that your your friends that work for brands that are that are producing alcohol can survive. I have not seen one brand step up and, and, and sort okay. of come to the forefront and say, like, Hey, we're we're, we're putting ourselves out there mm-hmm. in this way, and like if you don't like it, then you're not for our brand. I and I think they're afraid. I, I, I agree 100% with that. I think there's two reasons. One, you're saying, and I agree with you 100%. And we had this conversation probably a month and a half ago online about the old guard that runs this industry. Oh yeah. And that old guard falls on a certain line that our dear leader also supports um, when it comes to what is the point of a mask and then it also comes to the lips uh the liquid to lips application too that everybody pushes because you physically can't put you can't do that so it takes away from a business opportunity and a political opportunity there too and i think fear is a part of it but we saw less than two months ago almost every single giant not just bourbon not just whiskey not just liquor almost every spirits and alcohol company come out and take a standpoint on black lives matter exactly okay. yep that's what i was very and, good point and very good point. which i wanted to get into but we're kind of running low on time here um but to get to like samu's industry we see the craft beer the breweries doing it they're saying come to our bar come to our brew pub put a mask on they have the owners of the bars wearing masks in their social media posts. Right. Since so many of those owners are themselves on the front lines mm. and they're working in the tap rooms Absolutely. and there are also just Great that point. many more breweries that are in urban spaces that are denser. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the opportunity for them to be vocal about that is, is more elevated. But lean, and lean to the left side of, the, of political that. leans too also when it comes that, yes. to... True, but at the same time, let's look at beyond the political climate of it all. Uh, we are in the summertime. Uh, whiskey is not being consumed as much as we all would love to have. I mean, we're consuming it today, but aside from that, um, it's either in a cocktail or in a high, you know, whatever uh, manner you wish uh, to uh, consume it. It's one of those situations where if you... You know what? I lost my train of thought. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Wilson you, had too many. Had it. He, I have so many right he now. Had, uh, he had too many whiskeys outside of his new key. I, like have, I have it. I know I have it. One person I do want to give a shout. Well, Please. pertaining to that Black Lives Matter piece, yeah. that was definitely something that I wanted to, to touch on here since yeah. there have been uh, any number of, like you say, of those organizations, not only in this industry, but many others that have come out very vocally in support of that. The potential concern that some of them might be having is that after having made such a large political stand in one aspect mm. to then follow it up with another, unfortunately perceived as political stance, could be a little too much um, getting out of their lane, so to speak. Um, the idea that you should just shut up and dribble, uh, <laughs> you should just shut up and distill or something like that. Maybe that's some of the concern. Uh, the All right, the train of thought is back. Um, 
but the other piece I would just briefly like to um, give a shout out to two local breweries that have been very vocal about the need to be respectful um, of the um, the seriousness of the situation and to wear masks and to take it seriously and those would be one Kevin Carey from Beguile oh. uh, I know we talked yeah, about Beguile on the last trip but get Kevin on the is podcast damn it. respond, yeah. Kevin. Where are respond you? Yeah. to my text uh, go down there almost right now. every day uh, almost right. every day we'll have something to say about the yes. validity of wearing masks and we'll present it very structured and polite but also scientific concept uh, and then on the other side um, not that it's so ascientific but it is more visceral and kind of a don't fuck this up right. is <laughs> Tracy at Metropolitan yes. and oh, yeah. uh, there was a comment that Metro put out um, I think it was maybe two weeks ago after Wrigleyville tried to out Florida Florida <laughs> <laughs> and <Okay>. <laughs> it was that's, it that's was a, shared that's hundreds of, of times yep. hundreds yeah. of comments that and it was essentially cool. saying that if we don't get our act together then everything is screwed and it was done in such a visceral and um, and uh, a very immediate way that you just felt the rawness of that energy that people immediately connected to and it didn't have any sense of this is corporate speak or this has been fine-tuned or focus grouped it was just the transparent fact yeah but who who could do th- and I know we're going way long here no, Jake good. but we're good we're good who could do that what brand could do that what person could do that nationally to make people wake up and like understand that like there's a huge fucking problem right now like we are we are teetering honestly right now it's the worst it's ever been it's the worst it's ever been right now in the country in terms of cases across the country not here necessarily in chicago but is there a brand is there a person that could that could make a statement to that effect Mm. and say listen you need to wake up you need to wear a mask you need to social distance you need to take these precautions or else we're just all screwing ourselves like who who is that that someone would listen to at this point in our country i don't know who it is i don't think there's one person i'm thinking of four to five people right now who uh, have a family name, they have legacy, they have a large, large reach when it comes to whiskey, when it comes to bourbon, when it comes to Kentucky in general, which reaches out across this nation. There's a few of them that are quite up there in age. If they did it collectively and put out a 30-second spot together and brought it together, (laughs) um, which is what this podcast is built on is collective foundation, um, which I feel the whiskey industry was, has been, is, and all is ever evolving into something more. It's more cohesive. I don't know if it's one person. I don't think it is one person. I think it's all about our major players and those faces of those major players coming together and saying, look, this is what's going to happen because we can, as a state, that they're located in say, we're not going to follow these guidelines. We're not going to do what every other state is doing because they have that individual right to do so. But you can't rely on just your state and surrounding states to come and support your brand when you're building these $25 million mega centers <laughs> and tourism. Going back to what color speaks the best? Green. And once those start falling in numbers, because the on-premise, the off-premise sales the Christmas season is over. It's coming to an end for them. Uh, it's been a great ride. 
but with bars opening, reopening, and even on a small scale of only 25% capacity indoors, it's taking away from their numbers. And will it go revert right back to those numbers? Probably not, because we've had four months to readjust and recalibrate our lives to understand, I don't have to get drunk every night to have a fairly successful or <laughs> appropriate life and to get through living with my significant other or my roommates. I can drink four nights a week. I don't have to drink seven nights a week. Or, you know what, I'm going to take some time off and go running every day. But getting back to your, your main point, Chris, I think there are people out there that they do have that individual responsibility to come out and say something um, because it wasn't them saying Black Lives Matter. It was the people under, 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 underneath them that are a part of that movement of wanting to see the world progress and be better. And it was ad agencies and marketing agencies and people that have a voice not just inside of their little bubble, but onto the outside perspective of their communities in the world. And the community in the world that these brands reach is international. And they can come out and say, put a mask on, be responsible, take care of yourselves and take care of your people, take care of your community in that sense by just doing one small little thing. So hopefully we could potentially see that in the future. I think we have individuals here in our community in Chicago doing that, which I've, like you said, Lori Lightfoot out there every day with a mask, political sides of will. She wants to make this city be better and make it happen. I don't agree with everything she says, but you know what? It, when it comes down to the easiest thing you can do is change your community and to help to change the world. And if that's wearing a piece of cloth, of cloth over your mouth, it's not the hardest thing. I think the locavore mo movement has made it harder for there to be a national presence mm. um, in all sorts of cultures. It's just buy local, drink local, support local businesses, and point, that right? makes it that much harder for there to be a true national ambassador that people respect across the country. If there were um, Ken Grossman out west mm. in the beer side, and if there were mm. Eddie Russell in Kentucky, and if there were um, whomever that person might be on the east coast, um, Sam from Dogfish maybe. Uh, then sure, there would be pockets of influence, pockets. but unless there is this collective that you also mentioned um, with a coordinated message, then it might not have that big of a reach, but then you also run the risk of, if you put something together, then you turn it into an infomercial where people yes. are completing each other's sentences and reading off of a yeah, teleprompter, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just reads very unauthentically. In black and white. In black and white. <laughs> with Sarah McLaughlin playing <laughs> in the background. If I could change the world. Bob, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think the more that um, more that companies can be vocal um, and be out there, I think it's at some point though it it becomes everybody's individual kind of responsibility mm -hmm. to themselves. Um, and I think, unfortunately, for a lot of people in younger generation, which I kind of even part of, but you know that it's not until they get might get affected personally, which we're seeing now, um, when all of a sudden somebody's cousin is in the hospital and is sick right that then they're like oh i should actually wear a mask we should have been doing that three months ago um and so i think that the more that anybody can be vocal about taking the right steps and and hopefully uh, and just something that a lot of people hopefully they can understand that if this goes back rolls back to another phase and that phase continues into the fall and the winter i assure you that there are going to you know there's going to be a, a lot of ramifications from that yeah and a lot of people will lose their favorite their favorite your, pubs yeah, your favorite just, things to do your favorite things to do yeah. we're just hurting ourselves so it's 
you know, and that's whether or not whether or not you believe that it is as serious as it is, which it is, um, you should still do your due diligence to help help everybody else a be safe and then b help the favor help the places that you're trying to go to stay alive because the more cases that come up the more things are going to get rolled back and then places will close because there's another there's not another guaranteed ppp out there there's not another anything out there when we get into the fall and in the winter when outdoor seating ends hmm. I don't know of many places that will survive on 25% capacity indoors, downstairs, unless if it's one person that's working or, or just a couple of people that are working. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to be alarmist. No, that, no but you, it, it, but that's you're being realistic. You need to. But you have to be realistic in looking at and certain places, the way they want to operate, fine dining, and also making sure that all of their safety measures are in place right. right. I mean, that requires staff. That requires people to do that. And so – Places are going to be hurting if if we can't get past this and can't hopefully start to get numbers back down again. Well, well Samu, thanks Order for the guest version. appearance. Yeah, happy to craft <laughs> the party and thanks for letting me steal a microphone here. Chris, so thank you awesome. as always coming. Uh, thank you for having me. Urban Bourbonist, Sunday Night Fights, Flights, Fights, uh, excuse me. Sunday Night Flights. Fights. 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 Fights with the flight. <laughs> Flights that fight. how long the him and Mikey that's true. Yeah, but uh, check that out as well. Um, reads Chris, Chris's stuff, too. You do a little bit of freelance writing as well. Potter Bourbon Charity uh, Ambassador and Bourbon uh, Hood as well. Yes. Yeah, so check that out. We can help support um, some really great causes out there in the world and hopefully buy win a, bar- a bottle of bourbon, too. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Bob, thank you for continuing. Let's, let us continue the Fountainhead series. Hey, th- thank you for Colin being in the Dominican Republic and yeah, me, yeah, yeah. me being able to join. Guys, uh, I, think, uh, I think Colin's been officially replaced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, thanks for coming and hanging out, guys. This is a blast and love to continue this uh, going forward. More awesome. For yeah. uh, Wilson Torres of Union Horse Distilling Co. and myself, Jake Hookie of Star Wars Distillery out there in Melbourne, Australia. Um, stay safe, everybody out there as you regress into phase three and close your borders. <laughs> I hope you will be well i'll see you on a phone call tonight <laughs> <laughs> cheers guys cheers, cheers. Whoa. a little bit left in there